0: Tech Talk
1: with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Welcome to our Victoria Day-long weekend edition of Tech Talk for May 20th and 21st of 2023. Lots going on to choose from. We're honored you'd spend your time with us, whether you're with us live on Saturday morning the 20th, Sunday afternoon the 21st, or I suspect many of you once again will be picking up, if not most, all of the show on the podcast because we have the Highland Games and Celtic Festival going on. We have the Luxton spring fair, and of course on Sunday we have the Victoria Day Parade. We have lots of stuff to tell you about this week. Several new things, several key things, not that many new scams, just a ton of repeated ones. Anything about your cloud storage being full, it's, it's a scam. We this weekend is myself, Alan Perry, and none other than... Hi, I'm Toffee. Tofi is our smartphone smartwatch tech tutor. Glad to have you here. It's been a while since we've seen you. Thanks for having
0: me. It's always an honor to come on the show. And as always...
2: I'm Brian Pavlich, it's your Tech Talk producer.
1: How you been? What's new and exciting in your life?
0: I'm, I've been good. It's just been working with Shara. Still, right now, we're transitioning with Rogers. It's interesting. I'm on the business side, so
1: it's fun. Yes. Toby's um, on the business side, so lots <laughs> of stuff. So I get to go and find the answers elsewhere. We have several key changes about that that we will go through. But because it's the long weekend, Brian and Toby, we thought we would sort of go through and give people some updated tips on going traveling. Yes and I spent a couple hours the last few days going through what we had in our travel tech tips and a whole bunch of them have changed. So Some of the things aren't there anymore, some of the things have changed. So If you take a look, you will not find any of the travel tips that we're going to talk about in the main show notes. They're in a tab that for most of you should be on the left. On some devices it might be across the top, but it'll say travel tech tips and i've gone through and i've updated them all also made a couple additional handouts top Twenty travel tech tips. I've updated that. I put some new ones in. But there's actually one that Tofi and I—that you and I were talking about here—because mm-hmm. you were thinking, uh, can we tell people what, what you were thinking of doing?
0: Yeah, we we were thinking of going on a trip to Las Vegas okay. next month.
1: Reason I asked—I want to make sure it wasn't a surprise. No. So, no, <laughs> that's, that's why I did. <laughs> it's a this. great
0: question, honestly. And, yeah.
1: And so your question was when you were texting me last night: it, Do you uh,
0: have you ever booked through third parties like Prestigia or? Expedia yeah. booking,
1: Travago. Mm. There's, there's a, Trip.com. So Brian, have you ever done travel bookings through a, a third party site like that? No, I've always just booked it myself. So those sites are awesome, and you can find some really good deals. As much as I'm not a fan of the privacy side of Google, their Google Flight Search, Flights.Google.ca, is right. awesome mm-hmm. because it has a couple tools like the price graph that says, okay, those are the dates I know you want to go, but you realize if you go two days earlier, it's $400 less, or things like that. But once you actually find that information, this is what's changed, especially if you're flying outside Canada, if you're running off to Mexico or Spain or even Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. If your flight gets canceled, Mm -hmm. you're now dealing with that third-party site to get rebooked. Right. If your flight's delayed or something, not a problem. Delta or whomever will you, you know, will sort that out. Mm-hmm. But if your flight is cancelled for whatever reason, now you're dealing with that third-party site on the internet.
2: And that can be a total headache.
1: And you're in Spain coming home. <laughs> yeah. Except you're not.
2: Yeah, right? like what is the customer service like at Trivago? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because
1: the flight was supposed to leave in 4 hours and now for a mechanical reason, I don't know, it's been it's been cancelled. Right. Yeah. Sorry, it's on the board, cancelled. So now you go up to the counter and they say, oh yeah, okay, well just, you know, oh, you've got a voucher, oh. <laughs> so yeah. it's. I've had several clients in, you know, near, and in some cases, meltdowns in foreign countries because they found this really good fare. Yep. And now what they mostly ended up doing is shelling out the big bucks to buy a brand new ticket to get home and then they'll spend the time on the phone or if most likely you're doing a messenger chat, with company X trying to get a refund on the original ticket. Yeah. So...
0: And that's what we found. It was like you're looking at booking the flight, and then your first flight is through WestJet, and then your flight back is WestJet operated by Delta, and there's, like, confusion there. And if something were to go wrong, you're having to deal with Expedia. Yeah. Yeah. We then book the flight through WestJet, and then your churning flights book through Delta, and there's concern
1: there, right? So you can find some really good fares mm-hmm. um, quite often, but what I recommend you do, and my brother-in-law was doing this as well, flying back to, to Thailand, and we went back and forth, and he found a really good fare, then he discovered it was in U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orbits, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so use whatever search engine you want, travel engine, to find the best fare you can take a screenshot or print out that page and then go to that airline and now see when you put in that same flight combination, oh, there's the same fare for $4 more. Yes. Okay, book it directly with Cathay Pacific or Delta or whomever. That way, if there's a cancellation that's there they will help you sort it out you don't have to deal with somebody else especially yeah. at the airport you
0: want to have that convenience of dealing with the airline yeah,
1: yeah. and there's way more cancellations now because of staff shortages between the airlines mm-hmm. between the airport staff and between in right now it's wildfires, but in the U.S., tornadoes and various other things. Climate change has really ramped up the percentage of flights that are getting affected. So sure. yeah. unless you can find... And if you can find a really insane deal through some third-party bucket seller, then okay. But then why is What's that... What's the catch? What's the <laughs> catch? Oh, <laughs> they went out of business and the airline won't honor it now. Things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand the motivation and we love on this show we love helping you save money any way we can. we one of one of the ones that's in there and I checked to make sure it's still there is Secret Flying. It was created by pilots and their kids to find the algorithms. It's item number 13, not again in the main show notes. This is in the Travel Tech Tips. Section Item number 13, Secret Flying has a free app for iPhones, iPads, and Android devices. You can do it on the website as well. Click on the Flying from Canada tab to find the ones from here. The first one that pops up if you want to go, Vancouver to Atlanta, 309 Canadian round trip in June. Pretty That's nice. amazing. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just click on that one to see what it takes. And then it tells me that that is on Air Canada and United on combinations. It looks like one-week trips, or there's some longer ones. 7th to the, I'll, I'll take the 7th to the 18th of June. And when I click there, it takes me to the app called Skyscanner. So that's, and it's going to run through that engine, and we'll see if that deal is still available. When the deals, the, the better the deal, the faster it goes. Right. So literally, let's not talk about it three days from now with our friends. No, it's like get on the phone or text them right now and see if we're doing it. So... return on WestJet. No, not on WestJet. The price just changed. $309 on United. Vancouver to Atlanta, 8.40 a.m. with one stop in Houston. Coming back, Atlanta to Vancouver with one stop in Houston. $309. Not bad for a round trip. Yeah, course. Taxes and fees included, Canadian dollars. When I click on See Deals, it now goes into their system to make sure that is really available. When I go select to get the price, then it tells you, yes, you can complete your booking with United. $308.38.
2: big thing you said there taxes and fees are included in this price? Yes. Because usually you see this and then you're like, oh yeah, there's $200. We've almost Mm -hmm. doubled
1: the price with fees. That's literally why.
2: Yeah. Incredible.
1: So So that was just us walking through literally an example as we're live at 1014 on Saturday morning. If you're listening on Sunday afternoon or on the podcast on Tuesday, that deal might not even exist anymore. Exactly. But, that, but that's it there. But, so, yeah. So that's an example of the kind of thing. But, again, the bottom line was once we work through the process, we're actually booking with United. And Skyscanner gets a kickback because they're the one that brought you to the door of United.
2: That's the way it should work these days. Like the, the reviewers send you to Amazon and you get the kickback for sending them, but you don't have to yep. book it through the reviewer. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. So we'll go through more of the more of those travel tips there, but that was just one philosophical one that I love finding the deals, but the stress of being in a particularly outside Canada and now, you know, because if you do have to book a brand new flight and you want to fly in three hours, flying back from Barcelona to Vancouver is not gonna be cheap. No. Not if at you all. can get a seat. So yeah.
2: I just hit book and I'm jumped to the United site and I'm seeing a total of like eight hundred and fifty dollars. Did I miss something? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, can we see yeah. the details for each leg here? Uh, it doesn't have the price. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it may be that that one is. So let's back.
2: I'll just you yeah. follow me through the link here. So we're looking at this is the 309 total price
1: for United. Yep. Yeah. And then you go select. Select. Yep. So on the skyscanner. counter, yep. taking you we're to still, United 30838 Canadian. So now it's talking to the United computer. To see, no, nope, so it's not available anymore. Huh? See, so while that's, we were talking about it, someone jumped on. The yeah, because, they heard us. Yeah, because that one I saw actually there last night. So that's they tend to go. That was posted on May nineteenth. This is now the twentieth as we come to you live on Saturday morning. So there's X number of seats, and then the computer at United says, "Okay, we filled up those empty seats. Jack yeah. the price back up." Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to do that. So yeah, all the way through to the steps, check the price at every step along the way but it's it's a pretty good service there
2: right like i wouldn't get too carried away book saying oh is this date available or maybe i can make this one work until you skip through and see the end and see if it's still there because don't waste your time
1: yeah and then go back to the other dates Yep. and this is especially good for people who are retired or who work for themselves and can change on a short notice because some of these are coming up and what oh brian found another one vancouver to cancun 372 Canadian. Yeah, what airline? it'll tell you the airline? Uh, uh. United with stops in San Francisco, Houston and LA. Okay, it's So there's the price here Brian's here. clicked on <laughs> on the price to do this. That again is running through Skyscanner.
2: And so There are still a couple options You'll see the here. little
1: wheel is going around as it's checking the other engines in case it can find something better.
2: Okay, so let's try punching through with... Uh, so that
1: jumped to 393 for Cancun. There. Still a
2: round trip to Cancun if that's all included. Okay, and one that's stop fantastic. in Houston
1: on the way there and two stops in Houston and Los Angeles on the way back. $392.46 $40. taxes and fees included. There we go. And that's going to kick over to... Trip. Okay, so trip.com. Oh, so another third-party booking. Yeah, Yeah, this was one of the ones I was
0: looking at last night. They were actually pretty consistent in their pricing, especially through the end. Breaks Uh, it down per seat. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. So we can still see... We're still seeing that price there. And I guess if we book it through Trip, we're guaranteed. Or I don't know. Well, no. So what I would
1: do now was if they insist on me booking it through them, unlike Mm -hmm. Skyscanner, I would now leave that tab open and open up the United tab Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. put in the same flight combination and see what the price is. And most of the time, you'll get it. Yeah, they're just basically playing the detective. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's we noticed. Then you're covered. There you go. Cool. Okay, Saturday morning we are live. While we're going to focus on technology, the other half of the show, which tends to be the majority, is helping you with your stuff. We've got a couple emails and texts already, but we'll open up the phone lines. Star 1070 on mobile phones. 107010, 107010 by text from Canada. Include your first name if you text us. 250-386-1161 on a home phone. And emails to tech Talk T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. Back with more after this. 20 after the hour on the Victoria Day long weekend edition of Tech Talk. One other thing that we were just saying that we were talking about, about airlines and booking directly through the airline. You can find some really great deals on resorts and hotels online through apps like Expedia, Trivago, things like that. If you want... You can also call, because you can still call in most cases, you can call a resort mm-hmm. and you might get their reservation number, yep. you know, they might get the central reservations, but make sure you're actually calling them. You can also say, hey, I found this price on here, I'd rather give all the money to you, because I know times are tough, um, can you match that price? And in many mm-hmm. cases, they will go, well, thanks for giving us a chance, let me check with the manager or whomever, however yep. their system works, and they'll come back and go, yeah, I have some people I know that just booked um, at a Sandals Resort in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and they found a substantial. It's about, I think she said twenty-seven percent off, and there's six of them that are going. Oh wow! And so they called the Sandals toll-free number, which, by the way, has changed. Separate story, not the one listed on the web. Weird. <laughs> oh, uh, sure. anyway, they got through, and yeah, and so they not only did that, but they gave them a hundred-dollar credit per person for booking directly with them.
2: Where did they find that deal in the first place? Like, who was getting that offer that they found it? Some bucket list site. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Expedia or booking or yeah, something Yeah, it, like it was that.
1: actually one of the lesser ones okay. because I actually didn't know. I honestly don't remember the name because I didn't mm. know it. I had to look it sure. up and mm-hmm. I go, that's based in New Jersey. Okay, and they're just a wholesaler. Oh, sure. Yeah, and that's how they fill the rooms at resorts. They mm-hmm. go, okay, we think we can fill 60% on our own, so the others will do that. So, yeah. So... Especially the smaller the establishment, the better, yeah, because even smaller places, you know, small chains, they still have to use these internet engines or they're going to have not going to fill their rooms, yeah, it's a courtesy. they're They're having to take a cut when you're booking through the other guys, yeah, right? and the cuts vary depending mm-hmm. on the success of that platform. So if you call them and say, "Hey, you know, and sometimes they'll say, well, okay, we'll match the price and we'll give you free parking. Or we can't quite match the price. It's going to be $10 more, but we'll give you free parking and that's normally $24 a night. Yeah, okay. that's or, true. Or no resort fee. That's yeah. the big one. And when you
0: leave a resort, a lot of the times you're checking out and they'll be like, they'll give you a card or something and say, book through us next time. We'll give exactly. you some sort of Exactly. So courtesy. you're just
1: doing that in advance. Absolutely. There you go. Okay, lots of other stuff to talk about, and we're going to begin with some with some really good news and nothing you have to do right now. You get some money back. If you used Zoom, this is item number 10 in the main show notes for our Victoria Day weekend. If you used Zoom here in Canada back in its early days, you're eligible for a share of a proposed $2 million settlement to a B.C. Supreme Court class action lawsuit alleging privacy breaches when when we were getting into the pandemic and needed a way to meet and whether it was employees or cl- schools mm-hmm. zoom said that's okay we're we're new we're the new guy in the block but uh your meetings are all encrypted with end-to-end encryption right and then a few security people said no they're not oh well we we intend to we just don't have the time or the money yet so this is the result of that class action lawsuit they're going May- back on what they initially said yeah. right so $2 million sounds like a lot, but that's pretty well everybody in Canada that used Zoom. And you remember when you first starting Zoom and listening? So this is for people who use Zoom between April of 2018 and June of 2020. Okay, so we're going back five years to three years. And it will net most of you $15. If you had a Zoom account, there's nothing you need to do. The settlement goes to court for approval a month from now, and if it is approved the way it's been structured, you will get an email. Many of you have already got an email saying heads up, this is in the process. It is not a scam, it's real. After the lawyers' fees, then everybody who has a Zoom, had a Zoom account, At the email address they had it then, which might not exist anymore, Mm -hmm. will get $15. Right. If you used Zoom between April of 2018 and June of 2020 and didn't or don't have a Zoom account, you just got a link from your family saying this is Thanksgiving dinner on Zoom, Hmm. then you will be able to apply and get your $15.
0: So. Cool. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're not ineligible if you don't have an account.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and again, so keep that in mind, April 2018, June of 2020. We will track it and put it in the show notes once this settlement is approved. I'm impressed with the way the, the judge has uh, uh, crafted this. They're trying to make sure as much money goes to Zoom users as possible, and so the lawyers, yes, the lawyers will get a big chunk of change out of this. Sure. But the $2 million is for Zoom users divided up. So, again, the details, zoomclassaction.ca. Don't worry if you're driving or walking or cycling. That's listed for you in item number 10 in your
0: show notes. It's interesting. It took them 26 months to get their encryption there. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, and actually what happened was when we started realizing that Zoom didn't have encryption, a lot of groups at we were not using Zoom, but others like the B.C. For government, for example, that wanted to use Zoom for schools so kids could still continue to get classes. They actually said, okay, that is a violation of our contract. We could rip up the deal, but on the other hand, we see that this is a useful tool. So we will actually pay you up front what we agreed to pay you if you will get that encryption done now. Okay. And so they did it very quickly because they could hire the people to do the encryption. So it worked out. Right. They were motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were mo- it was motivated on both ends. School districts wanted to be able to have the kids use Zoom to keep right. them learning, and Zoom wanted to get this done. So, yeah, and that's a typically Canadian way it all worked out. To the phone lines, and Allison. Hi, Allison. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. How can we help? Um, for some reason, the bottom
3: half of my computer has uh, gone gray, and I can't get
1: it to work. Uh-oh. Is this a laptop or a desktop?
3: It's a Dell laptop.
1: Okay. Um, so, if you wiggle the hinge, if you move the angle of the hinge slightly, see if it flickers and see if that changes it. Because, Brian, the signal to the screen on the laptop gets there from inside the laptop via cables that are in the left and or right hinge. Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm wiggling it.
3: Nothing.
1: Nothing?
2: No. So and she did it, mention that it, uh, it had gone away. I think you said yesterday it went away and then it came back again today. I mean, so it could be a loose connection that just snapped, but she said it, she was just watching a video and in the middle of the video it stopped. Oh, without yeah. you touching anything. You weren't moving without anything? Me,
3: yes, without me touching anything. And I turned it off, restarted it, checked that my Windows was updated. Yep. And I went into, I managed to get into settings and I checked the screen um, background and somehow that resolved it, but then um, when I was working on it yesterday, last night, again, I went on to YouTube, the same thing happened. So now I can't fix it.
1: Video okay. card drivers? Yeah. So yeah. just in case it's a driver issue and not a physical issue, if you go back into your settings, hold down the Windows key with one finger with the other, tap the letter I to get into your settings. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and you want, let me know once you've done that. For anybody else, we want to find out whether this is a physical thing, Toby, that's failing, or right. whether it's something in the drivers or the software that talk to the screen. That makes sense. Once you're in your settings, uh, Allison, you want to go to the first one, System, Display, Sound, Notifications.
3: Okay, Display, I'm to Display. Yeah, now.
1: and when you go down to Scale and Layout, your display resolution will be there in a drop-down menu as the second drop-down.
3: Oh, sorry.
1: Could you please? Yep. So, there. under when you're in your display settings, scroll down to display and layo- scale and layout.
3: Okay. So I have one one box. of a scale. Yep. Just click on
1: that. No, okay. that's okay. You want to go to display resolution. That's the one oh. you want. Okay. Because by changing the resolution, it forces the video card to send something different, and we want to see if that if that fixes it, then we know, Brian, it's a driver issue as opposed to um, a failure in the screen or in the video chip. Right. So can you find a display resolution box?
2: We're, uh, yeah. we're, we're due for a break here. Okay,
1: you hold on. We'll walk you through this. That's what we're going to do for everyone else. Try changing the resolution, and if that does it, then we know we can probably fix it. If not, then it's repair time. More when we continue. Stay with us. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. This is our Victoria Day Long Weekend Edition for 2023. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined this weekend by Tofi Harouk, who is a smartphone and smartwatch tutor, and Brian Pavlicic, our technical producer, who's on the phone. So, Allison, with the Dell laptop, came up with a couple additional things. Allison, if you're listening, before you take it into London Drugs, because she's close by,
4: mm-hmm.
1: see if you have a second screen that you can plug it into with an HDMI cable, because if the second screen works fine, then we know, Tofi, it's either this, the screen on the Dell laptop or mm. it's the connection to the screen. Absolutely. The video card goes out separately through the HDMI port. Right. And then that would be easier, because then, yeah, then yeah. depending on if it is the screen itself, you could still use your Dell laptop using a second screen. Absolutely. Plugged
0: in. I wonder if she could also press Windows K, and do the casting feature if yes. that's functional with the Windows version she has on her Dell.
1: Yeah, she's got an, I think. I think, Allison, you said you had an 8th gen, so that should be in. So that's a new key for many of you. Windows K allows you to send it up to a smart TV.
0: Mm-hmm. If It'll allow you to cast.
1: It's really cool. Yeah, if you have a smart TV that's compatible. But mm-hmm. try that. Yeah, yeah, that would save you plugging in a second screen. But yeah. either way, yeah, that, that's really good. Let us know how how you make out on that one there. Okay, again, a couple people have texted. So, zoomclassaction.ca. But again, there's nothing for you to do at this point in time. I just wanted to give you a heads up. You have some money coming. We need to wait for the B.C. Supreme Court to approve that proposed settlement, which we expect they will in about a month there. Okay, some texts here. This is... Morning, guys. I have a Canon G4210 Megatank. Those are printers with... Bottles of ink, yay. I've done a nozzle check, then cleaning, and a deep clean. Can't get cyan to work. Mm. So you've done the right things. Deep cleaning uses a fair amount of ink because it spurts it through at really high velocity and then scrapes it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if that won't do it, then the head has either... is dried out or it is clogged. So... When we had Barbara Wilson on with us from Monk Office, Brian, we finally have somebody... In the past, it was, sorry, warranty return or go buy a new printer, but Monk Office, you can take it to any one of their locations. Because it's got bottles of ink, put it on the floor of the car (laughs) so it doesn't get knocked over if you stop for a dog or something. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, take it into Monk Office, any location. They charge a $40 diagnostic fee which in many cases fixes the problem. If not, then they would apply that against the cost of a replacement printer if it's not on warranty. Extremely reasonable. That's why the, one of the few things when you buy a, a printer that has bottles of ink that's going to cost you several hundred dollars, do get the extended warranty. In most cases, they'll just give you a new printer. Yeah, that's the way to go. But if not, I don't know how old yours, 4210 is. Don't know where you bought it, but that would be the place. So any location of Monk office, they will then message Barbara and her printer tech team, and they will come and look at it normally the same day, sometimes the next day, depending how busy they are, and then they'll call you and say, either good news, it's fixed, or bad news, but these are the options. This is the solution, yeah. Yep. Lots of other things in the show notes that we will go through. An important one... Uh some of you may have already done this. If you have an iPhone or an iPad or a Mac made in the last seven years, Apple has released a big and important security update. My eyes got big when I ran it through, because I'm a geek and read this. It fixes thirty-nine security holes. Not normally that many, including several which hackers have started actively exploiting. So it's iPad OS iOS 16.5. Settings general software update on an iphone it will ask you if you want to use cellular data choose don't use cellular data if you're wondering why that switch is there brian it's because some people are in a hurry and so when you use cellular data it uses both wi-fi and cellular to speed up the download and this is a big one i put a screenshot of mine in the show notes item number one it's 761 (laughs) megabytes took 14 minutes to do once it actually got through the download, download because I've got high-speed internet. Mm-hmm. Didn't take long, but yep. the actual Apple logo and all that stuff—14 yep. minutes. This is a biggie. So God bless Apple for finding. Well, no, they didn't find it. They actually give credit in the notes. Uh, who found the holes? Wow. So they say thank you. In some cases, they say thank you. Here's a check for finding the holes, but they got them fixed. You remember two weeks ago we had that rapid response update? Yes. Many of those were fixed but there were some that required a lot more work, and so that's what this one is all about. So please, and again, on a Mac, it's Mac OS 13.4. On a Mac, go to the Apple logo in the upper left, then on About This Mac, then on Software Update. That's item two in the show notes. Apple has also released tandem updates for Apple Watches, WatchOS 9.5 and Apple TVs. Those will update themselves automatically. But that's an important one. Please tell your friends. And I, I know many of you will save you texting saying, but I have automatic updates on. How come I don't have this? Because there are so many millions of people using Apple products, if they push the update out through automatic to everybody now, Apple servers would crash. Yeah, all at once. So yeah, so they will do it. So tell, tell your friends, tell your family, iOS sixteen point five, iPad OS sixteen point five. Okay, back to the phone lines. And Tom, hi Tom, welcome to Tech Talk for Victoria Day weekend. Hi Ellen,
3: um, I was t- telling your your screener there that I have a um, an Android ZTE Blade. A7P smartphone, and I purchased from London Drugs a... um an, a 4K HDMI adapter for USB Type C devices, which this one is. Yeah. And I'm trying to mi- mirror it on my TV, so I got to the available uh, HDMI uh, option that was, a, and I get a blank screen. And I've tried it on the other TVs, and it seems to re- resolve it, uh, re- the same effect. No. Okay. No mirroring. I've been into the screen or into the settings, and I can't seem to see any
1: setting that would enable mirroring. Okay, so this is why I'm so glad that Tofi's here. So yeah, Z- a good- ZTE Blade. So not all phones have the mirroring chip component built in. I would think a ZTE Blade
0: would. It would. Yep. Ah. It should. So what would happen is when you actually have the phone plugged into the USB slot, and then it, yep. the the HDMI goes into the television. I think initially what will happen is the phone will recognize the port the port to be charging instead yep. of. Yes. attempting to transfer the data. So what we'd want to do at that point is open up the notifications... On the phone. On the phone. You pull down from the very top yeah. to the bottom, and it'll actually display charging options there for you. Is that showing up for you there?
4: Um,
3: I had the notifications. At one yeah, pull it down from the top right corner. Yeah.
0: yeah, there you go.
3: And
0: I, uh... It'll say select USB configuration.
3: Yeah. Oh, good.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the key. Right, and then you'll have options, Tom, that are charging. That's what I'll have selected by default. But then there'll be something abbreviated as MTP. And then PTP we will want to do MTP. That's Media Transfer
1: Protocol. Oh, I didn't know what that one was. Did you know that Mm. one, Brian? Mm. No, no. no, Another acronym. So MTP on an Android phone, Media Transfer Protocol. Oh, What's PTP? Uh, photo. Or Trans- picture. Uh, picture. Picture transfer, transfer protocol. Well, there you go. See, this is... You made yourself worthwhile already.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan. I appreciate <laughs> it. Just
1: kidding. You're no, worthwhile. I've, I've
3: pulled it. down. I've done the pull down. I've got mm-hmm. no notifications indicated. Okay, and so... I open te- that. Yeah, when you
0: open your notifications? So yeah. the television's on and phone is unlocked?
1: Uh, where, where would you get to notifications if it didn't pull... If it didn't show it, automatically?
3: I do have it down, and it says notification history, bubbles, yep. MI pop 68 minutes ago, seen see-all from last seven days, notification on lock screen. That's what's visible to me, uh, to be op- and advanced.
0: Is the television on?
3: Uh, well, you know, at the moment, I'm not even by the TV, but I have... Oh, this okay.
1: Route. This won't be happening unless you have the cable plugged into the TV and the TV on.
3: Okay, well, I will redo that. I'm pretty sure I had gone through this option while I was attempting to self-solve. Yeah. But um, I will do that again, and now that you're focused... Yeah, so on again, that, you're going to want attention.
1: the MTP option. Right, I'm gonna, I'm Mediatry, and once he on. goes into the MTP option, Tofi, mm-hmm. what will he then get there?
0: It'll. You'll actually notice the, the, sp- the display of the screen will show up on the awesome. t- television, and it'll mirror one-to-one.
2: Okay. So, But one thing to consider is uh, sometimes those need to be powered. Like sometimes it will run off the power on your phone and mm-hmm. they'll deplete your battery really, really mm-hmm. quickly. Other ones, and I did see some suggested adapters for this model of phone, come with an additional, like the cable splits off to a USB-C and a USB-A for charging ah, for while charging the phone is connected. Okay. So, so I know some even like um, That's fantastic. MacBook adapters to output to mm-hmm. a display need pass-through power for the HDMI port yep. to work. So it might be, if you can get a hub where you can charge and have an additional USB-C out, that would... Yeah, depending on how long you want to be mirroring to your TV. Otherwise, a a Chromecast, super cheap, plug it in, and then you can just cast the TV if it's not already a smart TV that has easy casting.
1: Yeah, a little Google Chromecast would be the... And then you don't have a cable... Uh, if you bought that cable, you could take the cable back Mm -hmm. and I would actually do that and then you avoid all of this hassle. So if you're listening, Tom, that would be my first before you... And you can try this to say to a sense of self-accomplishment that you figured this out, but even if that does work, I would take the cable back I would get a Chromecast, plug it into the TV, then it's automatically built in. It's It's nearly the same price, frankly. Yeah, Yeah, but then no cable. No cable, so you're not tethered to your TV. You can sit farther back as well. Great point, Brian. Great point. If if you want to get a hold of Tofi for things like this, because he knows way about this more than than I do, his contact info along with his mugshot is right in this week's show notes at shownotes.ca, typed into the address bar of your browser. Mm -hmm. Okay, Al and whoever's on line three, stay there. We'll be back after this. As we roll on for the Victoria Day long weekend edition, I want to tell you about one little solution that uh, Cassandra at Shaw at Mayfair went to the extra level to find this. I have a friend who, when she went to watch, she wanted to watch um, uh, Apple TV series, Ted Lasso. Sorry, oh, brain fart. Yes. Yep. Ted last Phenomenal show. Yeah, and so when she went to the Shaw remote and pressed Shaw and then hit App- Apple TV, she just got the Apple TV Plus logo and it just froze. We mm. tried resetting the device. Just froze. So I reached out to Cassie any Ideas, and she checked with the team and found the answer. So anybody else, this, this applies to any one of those apps that's built into the Shaw Blue Curve button. So this could be Netflix, Apple TV, YouTube, Disney+. Plus. What you do, you press the Shaw button, and this is item number 19 in the show notes. So, Dale, this one's for you. <laughs> go to the right to Settings, which is the gear icon. Then go to Privacy, and then go to Locally Stored Data... And then clear local storage and okay. It takes about a minute. And all it means is you then have to sign back in to each of those apps with your, whichever ones you subscribe to, in her case, Apple TV Plus. But that was easy because it puts a QR code on the screen. You point the phone on your iPhone, tap the orange bar, it says that you, Face ID. You're back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the the other apps, you will need to, like Netflix, you will need to know your Netflix password and email address. But yeah, that. Never would have thought of that one. Didn't even know that was a thing.
2: Yeah, like you can, basically you can clear the
1: cache. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Cass, for finding that one. That was really helpful. Super handy. While we're there, by the way, if you are a sports fan, the Apple TV 4K gets this update that we talked about earlier for security, but you get a bonus feature out of it. You can now watch up to four baseball or soccer games at the same time. It's called MultiView. Wow. It's amazing. And so it basically splits the screen into four, and you can pick which one you're hearing Mm -hmm. or none out of the four and and do that. And with one button, you can press and go to that game. So if you're bored and none of the games are exciting and then suddenly one becomes exciting, you can click on it, and it'll go full screen, and the sound comes on. Now, for soccer, you need to subscribe to MLS Season Pass for that or Friday Night Baseball. But that one's there. Hmm. Item number 21 in the show notes. To the phone lines, and Al. Hi, Al. Welcome to Tech Talk. Well, good morning, Alan. Uh, I wish I was
5: uh, talking about a different, more impo- more interesting subject, but I got a disconcerting email uh, 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 last night. Uh-huh. I've, uh huh. I've been and I've been receiving uh, some um, sort of porn type uh, emails uh, for some time now. I think it was after I visited a. Prostate uh, uh, website. With, yep. you
1: know, What does your I, email address? Before you go any further out, what does your email address end in? At what?
5: At at uh, uh, where Gmail? Oh, at, at uh, Gmail.
1: Okay. So oh. you have tools built in that you can at least block those. The blocking is largely whack-a-mole because they keep coming from a different website every time. But if it gives you a sense of accomplishment. But that. But now you've got another issue beyond those ones.
5: Yeah, I do indeed. So so th- in order to block it, how do I go to block it?
1: What button do you click on to make your emails appear? Um, what do I click on? When you actually want to go and look at your emails, what button do you click on? Uh,
5: okay, just a second here.
1: Yeah. You're on a laptop or a desktop or a tablet? Um,
5: you, uh, usually on um, a laptop. What do you call it? uh, But but I'm I'm on the on the uh, desktop. I I I click on my my emails are displayed on the left hand side of the screen.
1: Okay, but what's the button that you click on to make them appear?
5: At uh, at the Google at the uh, the at the email at at, uh, my uh, Gmail email. uh,
1: uh, account. Okay, so you're not, using it, you're not using the mail app. You're actually going to gmail.com, a web portal?
5: I'm not sure because I, I'm on Apple. I use a lot
1: of Apple. Oh, so, so you're I, on a Mac? Uh, yeah, I'm on a Mac, yes. Okay, and so what's the button? This is down at the bottom of the screen on your Mac. What button do you click on to go and see any email? Not the specific email, but to say, okay, time to do emails as opposed to photos. What button do you click on? Do you click on the postage stamp mail app? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or do you click on Chrome or do you click on Safari? What do you do when we first want to get to emails?
5: At the, of my, uh, at the bottom of the Mac is uh, an envelope. And it shows how many emails are in the
1: accounts. Okay, so you're using mail. Okay, so you're using the mail app. Okay, so you don't have the same features to get rid of those on the Mac mail app. You don't have on Windows either. So what you want to do to get rid of those is you actually want to open up your Safari browser, Brian. Yeah. And then go to gmail.com.
2: Yeah, are you familiar with logging into the web portal for your Gmail?
5: Uh, not really. Okay, re- no problem.
2: That's where you're going to get the most features. Like, run a lot of these guys, like, you know, running an Outlook email through Outlook, you get full integration for the features like blocking. Yeah. Um, but, and on the Apple side, if you use iCloud, it works. But running G- Gmail through either of those, a lot of those features for blocking just don't work. They're Gmail-specific. So you mm-hmm. just want
1: to open up the Internet like you're doing a web search. You want to go to gmail.com. Gmail.com? Yep, and then sign in if it doesn't already have you signed in. Yeah, and then and then you will find across the top once you click one of those evil messages, then you will find the the option there. Brian's going to do it on the screen. I'm not a Gmail user, so he's going to help me out and tell you exactly which button you're going to want to use here. So okay. he's bringing it up on screen. So it brings up a big colored envelope. So once so you we'll click on a message, it, like this, Amazon order. Uh, now they're icon based at the top of the messages. They're not words, Tofi. You have to. Hover over the icons to find the one you want.
0: Yeah, it's the three dots will
1: open up all the options for that email there.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
2: so there's the row of icons at the end. There'll be the three dots for, like, more the ones that yeah. aren't included there. So uh, where,
5: and, sorry, where are you right now? In okay, the, you've gone to gmail.com. Uh, signed,
2: yeah, signed into gmail.com, and then click on uh-huh. so you're viewing the email in question.
1: Gmails.com. I tell you what, stay online, we'll take a break yeah. so you don't have performance pressure, and we'll walk <laughs> you through this during the break. But for everybody else, but before you go down this path, in many cases, Tofi, the address is coming from a gibberish address at whatever, yep. so blocking that, while it may give you a sense of accomplishment, the next one's going to come from a different gibberish address, mm. and so you're going to be playing whack-a-mole all day. Yep. So... Yeah,
2: you, can, you can at least come in and report spam. Yes, that's why I want you to go like to this. the Gmail
1: in your case, Al, because then you can report them as opposed to, and they then go to the domain and say, hey, we're getting all these emails for our clients at coming from your domain. What are you going to do? If not, we're going to cut the domain off. Yes. And so Google will do that on your behalf. More after this. When we continue after the news, we will go through more of the travel tech tips. There's lots of them there. But if you do have a trip coming up, whether it's to the interior, you know, elsewhere in Canada or U.S. or another country, please, we put a lot of work into those. And I love the feedback you give us. If anything doesn't make sense, but they're under a separate tab called Travel Tech Tips. And I've redone the one for the Verizon one. If I go to the U.S. next couple of weeks, I will myself do the T-Mobile one and take screenshots for the, the same way there. One um, other the thing I was going to – well, we'll do that. So first of all, for Al with his email. So. Uh, yes, so
2: I got him to sign in and just showed him where the spam reporting is, which yeah. is probably the best option. So you can try to set up some filters for it, but um, yeah. you know, the spam reporting gets into the system. And then the auto – blocking will you know start recognizing it yeah.
1: and this is why we encourage you not to click on links in emails about problems with your service or about special offers because as soon as you click on the link Tofi, and you realize oh i don't want that that's a scam yeah. they've captured your email address and they're now going to sell that to other spammers and you're just going to get flooded with casino ads and and everything else Lots more travel tech tips coming up when we continue in hour number two for our Victoria Day weekend. Also, we're going to tell you how to potentially save your life or someone else, by if you have an iPhone, by using emergency ID, including a couple new features that they've put in. Stay tuned.
0: Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070.
1: This is the second half of our Victoria Day long weekend edition for 2023. If you're just tuning in, Brian Pavlicich is our technical producer and more, helping people on the phones and the techs. And Tofi Haruk is in studio. Tofi is a smartphone and smartwatch tech tutor. So if you are getting a new one of either of those... Tophie would love to come and help you set it up and make it work the way you want it to so it does not get thrown across the room. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Or if you've got one that's not new and it's not behaving the way it should, then same thing. Yeah, I can always come by and give you a hand. Yeah, and his contact info is in the show notes at shownotes.ca with his picture. Brian's is there as well. We're going to go through some more of the travel tech tips that we've put together. We've linked them all in the notes. They're under a separate tab because there's so much stuff in the regular show notes. So look for a tab, traditionally on the left, that says 2023 Tech Talk Notes. That's where you are. Go to Travel Tech Tips, and you will find there, and several of them have handouts. uh, There's a couple that are a little unusual uh, that we've sort of collected and curated. Item number 15 in my top 20 list, and on the actual Travel Tech Tips itself not sure if I, if I put it in there because it was sort of an afterthought because people didn't realize it. Yes, it's item number 31 in the main travel tech tips here. And this is not a new problem, but a lot of travelers are unaware of the risk. You never
0: want to use a USB airport charging station, um, especially at like one of the kiosks there if you're in the waiting area, waiting to get on your plane. Um, those cables... Um, or those ports specifically can like, unleash malware on your phones. It's really interesting. Not a lot of people know that. And, uh,
1: and the other one is you sometimes find uh, a cable, a charging cable that's being left behind. You figure, oh, somebody was in a hurry right. to get on their plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Brian, I've got myself another charging cable.
2: Sure. But? Well, yeah. I don't know. I am not. <laughs> I don't quite agree the same on this.
1: We're talking about juice jacking. Well, no. People leave charging cables that have the chip in it. That Oops.
0: steals the info. The analogy on here, I like. It's like sticking your toothbrush on the side of the road and decided to stick it <laughs> yeah, in well, your mouth. Yeah, I was trying to. Well, a lady said, I don't
1: understand why this is a big deal. I was trying to come up with an analogy. So, so, using a left behind charging cable is like finding a toothbrush on the side of the road and deciding to stick it in your mouth. People go, oh, gross, I would never do that. Don't use a cable. It could be a dollar store cable and it could be a fire hazard, but it can also be a data jacking.
2: So I absolutely agree. Just don't pick up crap cables. But also here, I'm pulling up the Ars Technica article from this month saying that juice jacking is nearly non-existent. It is not a successful way. An iPhone is not going to let you access Information that way, like you couldn't just plug your iPhone into something. Like it's way, it's way okay. secure. It's it's tracking doesn't just doesn't really. Okay, happen. so on
1: iPhones, Apple put in an extra switch that USB access is turned off by default. Yes, yeah. Yep. But on Android phones, there is no such switch, and that's where it happens. And then people say, "Why are all my friends getting emails from me?" saying, hey, here's something you'll want to see, or look, I found a picture of you online. That's how they steal the contact list out of an Android phone and do that. And that does happen, especially at places where they put in these little kiosks that you can just plug your phone in for free and charge. Right. So So, Android phones. So you're right. I I get yelled at. (laughs) We get yelled at a lot, especially me, because we tend to dump on Android phones the Android operating system a lot and this is one of those examples. So yes, iPhones are way way less likely to happen, but it is there. It's just a good best practice. Don't use a cable you find on the ground and don't plug into the USB port. Take your little charging cube and plug into a power outlet at the airport. That's the Absolutely. Way. That's the way. Many airport lounges now, they have power ports and USB ports. In there you're okay on the airline on the plane itself you're okay to plug into the usb but not in the departure lounge not at the restaurant in there it's just just not not worth the risk one other one that we helped people out of and it caused great meltdown and we managed to pull it off at the final moment if you're going traveling especially if you're flying use your smartphone to take high quality pictures of the front and back of your passport and photo id front and back of your driver's license and if you have a separate ID card. And travel with your passport even if you're going to Calgary. I don't mean Calgary, but you could be going to Windsor or Prince George. If you lose your wallet or your purse, if you keep your passport somewhere else, you can still come home. Because if you've lost your wallet and you don't have a passport, you're not getting on the plane to come home. Is mm-hmm. remember when you go on boarding pass and ID, please? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have my ID. Nope, they're not allowed to let you on the plane. Yep, they need to verify. Right. So if you've lo- so if you've got a high quality photo uh, of your ID, you can go up to the counter before they start boarding and say, "Hey, I'm Tofi. I lost my wallet. Here's my ID. Can you get authorization to let me use that?" when I go to get on the plane from the picture. Absolutely. And they'll they talk cr- to a supervisor and do that. But if exactly. not, we had somebody that almost didn't get back home from visiting mum mm-hmm. out here because he lost his wallet in the cab. Oh, goodness. Oh, and stressful. he couldn't find the cabbie and things like that. And he didn't have his passport. He actually yeah. didn't have a passport. And so the only thing we were thinking of was that his wife back home was going to have to take pictures if she had them of and send it out and we we're going to hope that the airline was going to let it on. Fortunately, it all worked out because the cab company was able to track down. Oh nice. And it got dropped off at Santa police and he got it back and even the money was still in. So that was really good karma, but he was sweating bullets. So Sure. Don't don't do that one there. A couple other what other travel ones do, do you like on that list? I like the um being
0: able to Use your credit card. A lot of places in the States ask you to enter like a zip code,
1: especially yeah. like at so a gas this station. Yeah, is, so this is Joel did this one years ago, and the number of people that keep coming back saying, oh, I remember from that trip. So if you're going to be driving down to Bellingham or whatever, and you go to fill up on gas, mm-hmm. it's not such a big deal when it's nice weather, but when it's pouring rain, when you go to put your credit card in to pay for it, it says put in your zip code. Absolutely. And you go, I don't have a zip code, and it won't let you do letters. Yeah, there's no, it has to be numeric. Yeah, so this one is item number... Six. Okay. Uh, and on the main notes there, I, I did a top 20 for people that didn't want to read all of them. That's why there's two places. Item number 17 on the main travel tech tips. All you do is you use the three numbers from your postal code. Mm-hmm. So mine is V8L3A2 in Sydney. So that would be eight three two mm-hmm. zero zero, And it goes, yes, fill up.
0: Yep, cross-references and it validates that's the... Yeah. That's the correct postal because code. Because
1: the system that does the credit cards can't handle letters. Yes, yeah. But it needs five digits, so you use the three numbers and zero zero are added as null, null, and it goes. Yeah, that's you.
2: So the credit card companies must have some algorithm set in there to convert it to a
0: five digit. Yes, it is- must. Yeah, and it and it makes sense because it always asks you for your like billing address. Yes, even if it's being shipped somewhere else. So
1: mm. now remember, arrive can when pandemic and all that, and you had to use ArriveCan or you wouldn't coming back into Canada and all that, that's yeah. all happily long gone. But don't delete the ArriveCan app because you can use it to quickly pre-clear Canada customs if you're arriving at most airports in Canada, not Victoria. So if you're flying back from Ireland into Vancouver... Mm -hmm. or flying back from Mexico into Calgary and then a connecting flight home, or maybe Vancouver, you're taking the ferry home, you can use this app. And especially, Topi, if you've got a tight connection, Mm -hmm. like you're flying, I don't know, I'm just making this up, Cancun, Calgary, Calgary, Victoria, and you've got an hour in between your flights, Mm -hmm. except now your flight from Mexico is 20 minutes late, and you're going, oh my God. This time allows you to make it up because... You get a screenshot after you submit it, and then when you scan your passport at the immigration kiosk, it skips the custom part, give you a receipt, and you're on your way. When you walk up, they already know you've done this. They don't have to ask you those questions. So unless you make them suspicious, <laughs> yep. then they want to bring the drug dog and go through your bag. Otherwise, no, way you go. So it absolutely free. So yep. So put Arrive Can back on your phone if you're going to be traveling outside Canada. And if you're going to be going to the U.S., then you can use the M-P-C. And these are item 8 and 9 in the Travel Tech Tips. M-P-C, Mobile Passport Control. It replaces the third-party airside mobile passport app. And it lets you do the same thing going into the U.S. So if you've got a tight connection, they just go, where you go? You go to the short line where it says mobile passport control, as opposed to the big herding pen where you're going, oh, my God, we're going to be there's 400 people, are we going to do this? <laughs> and the other one that's really not so much an issue, this is number 10 in there, this was a big deal, especially at Toronto Pearson Airport, and it probably will be again this summer, breeze through security. Okay, if you're taking a plane flight, a Breeze Through Security is from CATSA, the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority, and it tells you the wait time for security screening at each terminal at an airport across Canada.
0: Oh, it's he, really yes. nice.
1: Yeah, and mo- you can check it right now. You just go to add the app, pick an airport, pick a terminal, and see what the wait time is. Where it's really handy is if you have a crack of dawn flight. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so your flight's at 6.15 a.m., and you don't want to be there at 4.30. Yeah. But they say you're supposed to, and you check and see, oh, screening, wait time, five minutes. Okay, an extra half hour. Yes, yeah, exactly. On the other hand, if you're going, and Pearson is being the single biggest one, and even they've got it largely under control, if it says an hour and 15 minutes for Terminal 2, Okay, now you know. Mm -hmm. Tophie, can you drive me early? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Really handle things. If you're flying out of Vancouver International to an airport in Canada or the U.S., this still seems weird to me. Item number 11 in the travel tech tips. You can now skip the security lineup by booking a screening. You book a screening. It's like booking Mm -hmm. a restaurant reservation. You book a screening. It's called YVR Express. And this is something that they are paying the cost of. You don't pay anything for this. They're just trying to de-stress you and encourage you to fly out of Vancouver instead of flying out of Victoria or Seattle or Calgary. Huh. So they do this. They expand. They plan to expand it to include flights out of their international terminal in the future. So you book it three or four days in advance for the time before, so then you don't have to go through. And if it's an hour-long wait for screening, well, no, I've got a reservation for five minutes from now. Bye-bye. So It still seems weird to me that you can do this, but God bless them for doing it. Yes, thank you. There you go. Yep, there we go. Okay, quick break, and Harry uh, on the phone lines when we continue. As we continue on our Victoria Day long weekend edition of Tech Talk, some really cool videos that you have uh, sent me that I curated in here. They're at the bottom of the Tech Talk show notes. I think you'll also like our... Um, sign of the week, which is at the very bottom. It's the back of a truck from Allegro Winery. I think you'll enjoy uh, the wording on the bottom of the sign there. But there's one in particular that really uses technology here. And you may have seen this on the news, but this gives you a different perspective. This is the Titanic. A video of the first full-size digital scan of the Titanic has, has been made by Magellan. So up to now, we've been able to see amazing footage, and even in IMAX. But it was all up really close because it's so far away, and as soon as you pull the cameras back, it's way too dark down there.
2: Yes, the fog in the
1: water. Yeah, Yeah. so they did deep-sea mapping, and they created this image. But even there, you don't appreciate the scale. So BBC, to their credit, worked with the team from Magellan to insert that digital map into the stadium in London... Mm-hmm. where the um, Olympic ceremony was held.
0: The Titanic was simply colossal and this 3D scan reveals the wreck in its entirety. For the first time, we have an exact digital copy of the real thing. And what you see here is what's lying on the floor of the North Atlantic Ocean. And not only can we get an idea of the ship's enormous size, this scan also gives us a close-up view
1: of its smallest details. Yep, so they've actually put it in the stadium as though the wreck was inside this. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it fills cool. the entire stadium. Yes, I know that the cruise ships of today are way larger, but it's a phenomenal one. It's the first one that really gave me the perspective of how big the wreck is. And yes, it's in two pieces, the hull section that broke off. We all remember the movie, that's separate, but they've put it in there. So I just, I just thought that was... That was a really cool one. I also, in the past few weeks, Brian, we've talked about me using that um, software, Remini and Deoldify, to yeah. restore and colorize old photos for the Vic High Great Grads yes, dinner. Yes, very impressive. I put the finished results in there, because many of you will know the inductees, people like Sylvia Hosey, Timothy Vernon... The late Jill and Laurie Wallace. Uh, football great. Mohammed Elowenibi. Things like that. So all the finished videos are there. Item number 42 in the show notes. I also put the viral trailer for Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which is up there. But the other one I thought I would mention in case you win the lottery. Well, no, you're going to need to win several lotteries <laughs> for this yeah, one. Yeah. You get to take a tour of New York's Central Park Tower three-floor-high penthouse.
5: Welcome to the penthouse at Central Park Tower, the most expensive home for sale on Earth with an asking price of $250 million. (laughs) This is also the tallest residential building in the world, towering 1,550 feet over New York City spanning over three floors this incredible residence features over 17,000 square feet of interior space with an additional 1433 square foot outdoor terrace which provides the most jaw-dropping views of the entire city and beyond
1: <laughs> you have to go and see this i mean i mean the balcony is bigger than most people's condos i mean you could fit the titanic on the balcony <laughs> yeah it's and <laughs> it's 360 <laughs> degree views it's the highest private residence in the world. It's breathtaking. You have to take a look. Oh, my goodness. This, like, spiral staircase. (laughs) Yes, this is insane. There you go. It's it's item number 41 in the show notes. And finally, last one. um, Remember when... Well, let's go back. So, 2009, Hmm. this fellow named Lynn manuel Miranda, who most people didn't know of, he had done a great musical called The Heights, that he was invited to perform at the White House for what was called Poetry Jam. They thought he was going to do a song from Heights. No, mm-hmm. instead he said, "Well, I'm working on something. Um, do you have the little little cheat sheet there?" he's going to take it to his girlfriend um, later on on this one. But this is the story. Oh, I've got it right here. <laughs> I took it back from him. So, so basically, he said, "Listen, I'm working on a rap album about the life of someone who I think embodies hip hop." Former U.S. Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. The crowd laughed and he goes, no, no, it, it's true. He was born a penniless orphan in St. Croix of a birth, became George Washington's right-hand man, became Treasury Secretary, caught beef with every other founding father, all on the strength of his writing. I think he embodies the world's ability to make a difference. So I'm going to do, do it. All he had, this is 2009, he yeah. had one song written. Okay. And so with the guy on the piano... Well, the word
0: got around. They said this kid is insane, man. Took up a collection just to send him to the mainland. Get your education, don't forget from whence you came. And the world is gonna know your name. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton.
1: His name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> they laughed. You gotta go watch the video. This is, and so eight years later, yep. we ended up with the musical, Alexander Hamilton. Eight years of work. Wow. And so when he told other people he was working on a hip hop album about a founding father, they laughed. And he said, "I had a lot of people look at me like I was crazy for a very long time." <laughs> so good and, for him for
2: you know he, persevering. persevering. Yeah. Yes.
1: And so the fellow that posted this, and so this is from 2009. Go watch the actual thing; you'll just be blown away. And you're going to find that it's almost identical to what ended it being the opening number in. The musical itself, Hamilton. In Hamilton, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that to do great work, you need a natural ability, you need to work hard, but the pe- person that posted this pointed out there's a third ingredient that doesn't get talked about or written about as often, the ability to work on what seems like a bad idea. Right. And it was actually Stephen Sondheim that that did it, because when he told him what he was working on, he said, I'm working on this hip-hop album like a Jesus Christ Superstar concept album about Alexander Hamilton, and Stephen Sondheim laughed and said, no one will expect that from you. That's amazing. Keep writing that. Keep surprising us. That's fantastic. And he did. Go and enjoy that one. Okay. Uh, Harry's been waiting. Harry, minutes. I'm sorry. Thanks yeah. Thanks for <laughs> waiting so long. How can Hello, we help? Can you hear me? I recognize that voice. Yeah, well, nice to talk to you, my friend. How are you doing? Hi, <laughs> uh, I
5: automatically went to uh, Windows 11 on the internet email side of things, and I can handle most of it. But the problem I'm having is with Draft. Now, many years ago, you taught me on Windows 10 the uh, Control A, C, and V to save, do not delete messages.
1: Oh, and right.
5: with this Windows 11, I can't seem to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I know. I think I know what that one is, Harry. Okay. I'm um, sorry to keep you waiting so long. I will stop by on my way home. So on the Windows 10 Mail app, there's a switch up on the top right corner that says try the new Outlook. Yes. Yep. Harry's tried that and we don't recommend it's going to be great, but we don't recommend you try it yet because it's still in preview mode and there's some things they've done that we wish they didn't. There's mm-hmm. a couple things they haven't yet done and yes. that's one of the ones.
2: Yeah, it so, seems like there's a bunch of
1: integration and
2: things that just aren't finished yet.
1: Yeah, so Harry has is part of a Blockwatch group. So he keeps a draft email that goes to all of his Blockwatch members and then he just copies and pastes the email so it goes out to everybody. So, uh-huh. okay, Harry, I'm going to leave myself a note. I promise I will I'll call you once the show finishes and I'll stop by and we'll put that back. For everyone else, when you see that message, it's tempting up in the top right corner, Tofi. It's new. Yeah, try the new Outlook. You Not try yet. it. Let's wait till it's finished. They're hoping Oof. to have it finished in the next few weeks. If you do it now, it'll give you the O for Outlook with a pre-label, preview. Yeah.
2: It is. I think it's great, and I think it's great that they're making it look exactly like Outlook on the web. There's no more differentiation. There's mm. nothing like we're saying, like, oh, you're yeah. used to your email client on Windows, but can you figure it out online? It's just yes. going to be
1: the same. Almost the same. Yeah, okay. And that's the key. And that's the key. So there's a couple things missing. There's a couple things added. So they've been really good. The team has been really good about listening to the feedback and putting things back, like letting you change the width of the columns, which they didn't. Yes, now they very do. important. A couple weird. more things. So, Harry, it's not you, I understand. So it's not Windows 11 that I think you've gone to. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you've just gone to the, the new Outlook mail app, and we can <laughs> we can put that back. So I'll call right. you after the show, and we'll stop by and do that. Okay, lots more stuff coming up, more travel tech tips when we continue. We're live on Saturday morning. We'd love you to take part. Star 1070 on a mobile phone. I promise I'll go right to your call, 250-386-1161 on a landline. Text to 107010. Now, Tech Talk
0: with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070.
1: As we continue for our Victoria Day long weekend, thanks for making us a part of your weekend, whether you're listening live on Saturday, Sunday afternoon, to the rebroadcast or to the podcast, which Brian will make. Brian and Tofi and I are here, glad to help you out with your questions. So, so somebody said that somebody left her ID in her checked luggage. Mm. The texter says, I had her driver's license front and back in my phone from COVID times. WestJet said no, so we had to miss our flight reclaim our baggage, find the ID, and check in again. <sighs> so sad. I'm so sorry. Yeah, guys. sorry. It is up to each individual person's discretion. Normally, you want to make sure that the ID is on the phone of the person who's now got the you know ID and the not there. In the luggage, uh, yeah. In lost luggage, yeah. Um, and it, you can ask for a supervisor. Be very, very nice because they have the ability... Mm to say no and I'm sorry but as a general rule you know if you can explain the situation where it happened uh, with the lady that I know was the flight was going to be very full so they offered to check your carry-on for you and she did and then she went to get on she goes wait my IDs in my carry-on we just checked it and she had the photos front and back passport and driver's license and they said okay no problem so yeah it's, it's such a n- huge inconvenience too like yeah that's that one there okay um don is texting d-a-w-n texting asking for a friend with a macbook air laptop malware Bytes is not necessary correct no <laughs> not necessary I would say, I'll check with Brian. He's on the phone, but I'll check with Brian. I know from David and your experience, uh, probably about a quarter of the calls we get for help as opposed mm-hmm. to tutoring uh, involve MacBooks that have got bad stuff on them. Th- the chances of you getting bad stuff on a Mac are significantly less because there are so few Macs out there. They're mm-hmm. only 6 to 7% of the market. So most of the bad guys target windows yeah but if you get on your guard tends to be down because you think you've got a super secure mac Mm -hmm. so please if you have a mac whether it's a desktop or a macbook please put malware bytes premium on there at Mm -hmm. the very least put the free version on and run it so brian we're just talking doesn't hurt yeah just protects you yeah malware Mm -hmm. bytes on a macbook is important
2: yeah, it's nice. Like you said, at least the free version, so you can just do a scan once in a while yeah. to make sure you're okay. You're, you're you're quite a bit safer on the Mac already, but do those scans once in a while. Yeah, and definitely add the Malwarebytes browser guard to Safari or whatever. They works with all yeah. the main browsers now, um, yeah. and it's just great for you know speeding up the internet by blocking out ads, but also. Um, tracking, You can see sometimes you go to a website, there's 60 trackers that it's yeah. blocked.
1: What was the one I was doing for somebody who was looking up a story in the Daily Mail, and it was 57 trackers on this one story? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Unreal. Uh, now, Don has texted back saying, fabulous, thank you. My friends suggest McAfee. No.
4: No, please. <laughs> yeah. Especially
1: Don't. on a Mac. McAfee really slows down a Mac, a different architecture. Please, not on Windows either, because it's just not very good. Intel's going to get rid of the brand. Mm -hmm. They bought it, and then they realized this is dragging down our name, so they're going to get rid of it. But it's a huge profit margin for companies. When stores sell you McAfee for $45 or whatever, they're buying it for $7 or $8. It's just a box with a code inside it. Mm -hmm. So the physical cost. And no, it's just not very good. I always tell people the proof is in the pudding. Run McAfee, see what it finds. Now run Malwarebytes, and it finds seventeen more. Well, there were seventeen that you weren't going to get protected against. Yeah, you know. So we keep looking for something better than Malwarebytes, but right now it's the cat's meow. It's number one yep.
0: in the world. There. It's the standard for all cybersecurity. Yeah. for sure.
1: Okay, from Jan, do you recommend Camo? K A M O. If Can you suggest what I can do about the pop-ups from Camo? So Camo is... Do you remember CCleaner? Remember that one, oh. CCleaner? It was a Oh, big, yes, yeah, exactly. It was a registry cleaner that was huge in the days of Windows 7. is not CCleaner? CC oh, no. Yeah, CCleaner, CC yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it became oh. CCleaner. That's right, yes. They got bought by a company called Piriform that was found to be stealing your information because we just don't need <clears> a registry cleaner. Not on Mac, not on Windows, not a thing. No. Nope. So now they've come out with camo which they want you to buy they have a free trial and it includes wireguard vpn and it's 33 dollars canadian no you do not need these products they're just hearkening back to when you did and thinking you did then so you think you will do now no so yeah yeah. even
0: even what they're saying here it's not that encouraging camo feeds trackers fake information to help keep you protected private online (laughs) Just, no that doesn't sound a, too no, kind of, no it's not a thing I do
1: as well
2: and this fear of cookies like cookies make your websites work a lot of the time you want your shopping cart to work Yes. you need cookies you know like
1: so yeah. edge in particular on Windows Safari on Mac and Chrome to a sort of degree on Windows or Mac they both block third-party cookies mm. They only allow through the cookie from the library. So when you go back to the library website, it says, it's you, Brian. Come on back in. Right. Okay. Mm. Or, oh, your address is in wherever. Then we'll put that address in if you want. That's what a cookie does for you.
2: Right, it just it streamlines things. It helps it recognize yeah. your account so you can continue.
1: Yes. Would now, I- the reason I qualified the one about Google is because, while well, Google blocks third-party cookies. Mm-hmm. They have their own cookies because they want to sell that information. And, in fact, if you look at the show notes, mm-hmm. just to the south of us, item number four, Google has agreed to pay Washington State $40 million U.S. to settle a lawsuit over misleading location tracking practices. Google led you to believe that you had control over how Google collected and used your location data. The lawsuit alleged that you were not able to effectively prevent Google from collecting, storing, and profiting from your data. So they pay $40 million, and they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a cost of business. Yeah, this is one more reason why we suggest you not use Google Chrome, Gmail, or other Google products. And if you want to see how just how invasive Google Chrome's tracking is... Contra Chrome, I put a link to the new version there in item four. So that's but but, uh, yeah, cookies are good. Third-party cookies are bad. Mm -hmm. They're tracked by, they're blocked by default Mm -hmm. on most browsers. The one that you want to do is add in that browser guard, which then blocks the ads and the trackers. Yes. you go to yep. most ma- uh, you go to m- the website for your municipality where you live here, mm-hmm. oakbay.ca, sanet.ca, mm-hmm. if you have Malwarebytes browser guard, you will find a 1 or a 2 or a 3 because right. they have cookies trackers. Yep. Cuz Facebook or Google or both has made a deal with the company that made the municipality's website to put a tracker in there.
2: Or it's it's automatically like if they want to have uh like this on Facebook or find us on Facebook to post that Bit of code there that Facebook makes for them to include in their websites. Yes. It includes a tracker. You can't you can't get it without Facebook's tracking coming
0: along. Yes, so it's all integrated seamlessly. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. So here's uh here's an important one here. So, hi, Alan. I'm old, so please bear with me. That's okay. Don't don't ever use that excuse. Me. Old just means you have lots of experience. Okay. I have an iPhone SE two running fifteen point seven point one. I haven't updated because I heard you were forced to do 2FA. What happens if I lose my phone to get codes? Okay, I live alone, have no Mm -hmm. friends. They all recently passed away, as did my husband. I'm sorry. Uh I don't have a Mac. I have an old iPad on a different Apple ID, but I don't use it as old. What if I change my phone number? No, you can update to iOS 16. What they will prompt you to do is to change your passcode, your six-digit number. Mm -hmm. They'll prompt you to change it. To a six-digit number if you're on a four-digit you don't have to do that yes you can sit there and go passcode options and choose four-digit alphanumeric and then you can go back to your four but no you don't have to use two-factor authentication
2: i mean i do this i hate six digits is way too many if i'm gonna have to type it in regularly if i'm
1: going traveling anybody's going traveling i encourage them to do six Because four is too easy to see over the shoulders. And then they grab the phone and you're gone.
2: Uh, yeah, Sure. Yeah, I guess my everyday life, it just seems like... No, everyday life here in
1: Canada, we're pretty good. So yeah, four digits is fine. But if you are going to go traveling, especially if you're going to Europe or Asia or something, please use the same same four-digit code and add two zeros to make it easy (laughs) to remember. But at least that way, it's not obvious for somebody over your shoulder because they do, unfortunately, steal it out of your... Out of your hand.
2: I just want to say, um, Dave called early in the show and he asked us to talk about pass keys as a way to authenticate your accounts as an alternative to like a two fa- different uh, way of, to two factor. Yeah, um, we're going to do a little bit more on that yeah. and, and follow, follow up on a later show. Yes,
1: they have a lot of potential. There's a front, not front front of the business section on the Times Colonist today talks about pass keys. Mm-hmm. They're great, but they're not easy enough to use yet. So stay tuned. Coming coming soon to a device (laughs) here. Back to this lady here. Um, I'm going to text you at your 4098 number, um, and Brian and I would be glad to be your recovery people just to take the pressure off you. Mm -hmm. uh, That's not a problem at all. And I understand as we get older, the important people in our life tends to pass away. So love to do Mm -hmm. that. Not a problem. There's probably about 20 or 30 people. I occasionally get calls saying, can I get a coat?
2: Oh yeah, I was I was helping someone the other day, and I looked, and I was like, I recognize this phone number. <laughs> and sure enough, Alan, can you read me this code? <laughs> yeah,
1: and for people that don't have that don't have a second device or or a computer, then not a problem. But yeah, I understand that, so we'll be glad to do that. Okay, Don, you're up next when we continue after break. Welcome back to Tech Talk as we continue with Alan and Tofi and Brian. Our friend Ron Fraser will be with us next weekend to take your calls, but Don's on the phone. Hey, hi, Don. How can we help?
5: Um, Apple Maps. Yes, the uh, voice directions uh, disappeared. Uh, oh yes.
1: On the phone itself, when you're holding it in your hand, or when you're driving and have it connected to your car.
5: Just uh, it's just sitting on the seat beside me. I don't have it connected to anything.
1: Okay.
2: Um, so you have to have an active route selected, um, so that it has narration, like um, direction points to read out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Once you hit the start on the Apple Maps, there you'll actually notice there's a volume key with a dash through it. There, if you tap uh, it, you'll. Sh- well, okay. Do you have, do
1: you have your phone with you now?
0: I do. Yeah. Okay, so uh,
1: if you just ask it to take you to you know the nearest Costco or nearest, just ask it to take me to the nearest. X. Yeah,
5: I've just picked the one that I've saved. Okay. Okay, and hit.
2: You're gonna hit go to start the
5: yeah, route. I did. And then
2: on the right hand side, one of the icons that Tofi mentioned there was it's like a volume icon with a slash. Speaker with a, with with a, through a line it. through
1: it. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. Ta- tap that. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> oh, so that's right. a new feature. That's not something you did wrong. That's a new feature.
5: That, I was thinking, you know, I, th- I, I think this thing happened <laughs> when I when I updated to the uh, the last, yes. not the one you were talking about today, but the one. Yeah,
1: they put that feature in without telling you. Did they switch it to being default off? Yes, they switched it to being default off. So anybody else whose SIRI has disappeared on them when you're doing navigation, just look for that speaker with a line through it and tap it. If you have it, you don't, uh, Don, but if you have it uh, connected to your vehicle through Bluetooth, Hmm. then there will also be, it'll be a three-way switch. Mm -hmm. It'll be off, on, and
2: Bluetooth. Oh, and alerts. I guess it would be four then. It's three by default, off, on, and just alerts.
1: Just alerts. Mm. So it will only let you know. If you have it on alerts, it will only tell you if the route is changing for some reason Uh, or if there's a crash up ahead. I don't recommend that. If you're
0: you're using the AirPlay on the screen there, that volume key will also appear there on the right side of the map as well.
1: Oh, Oh, nice. The same way. Good one. Okay. Uh, Let's see. A couple other things that are in the show notes there. This one I think is really important. This literally has saved my clients' lives. So please, Mm. in addition to doing it now if you have time, but if not, do it later and show people, especially people that are medically compromised. This is item number 11 in the show notes. Take the time to add your medical ID and emergency contact info. And if you've already done this, there's a new switch that you want to turn on. So you go to contacts in your iPhone, your name, click on edit in the top right, this is all listed in the show note, item number 11, and scroll down to add medical ID. Put in all the info that paramedics would need to know in the event you're hurt or suffer a medical emergency, including ideally adding several emergency contacts, Mm -hmm. not just one. And if you don't have any allergies, where it says allergies... And it's got in gray, none listed. Replace that with the word none so emergency providers know that you've addressed that issue.
2: Right. They don't have to be guessing. you Assume, confirmed yeah. you have done. Yeah.
1: And um, medical notes can be something like, um, um, I'm just making this up, but you'll understand what I mean. Um, pin in right ankle from a break four years ago. Something like that. So it's not a condition. It's not a medication. It's something they should know, though. It's something they should know. So if your ankle doesn't look right before Mm -hmm. they do anything else because they can't do an x-ray on the scene, then, oh, right. 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 Things like that. If you're
0: recovering or you have some sort of disc or something like that.
1: When you're putting your medications in, list the name of the medication, the dosage, 5 milligrams, and the frequency, twice daily. Now, when they get you to hospital, should you need that, they can bring up your information from your care card and get all that history and it's all there. But maybe you are or aren't taking something right now, things like that. But that can literally do it. Now, it's going to ask you to put in your height and weight, yep. which I understand is personal info, especially on in the weight side, but that's also how they help verify that it's you. Because if there's a car mm-hmm. crash, God forbid, and there's multiple people with multiple phones... Sure who's who they can't see your pictures So, and you go okay but I don't know my weight in in kilos okay so hey Siri convert 155 pounds into kilos
4: 155 pounds is 70.31 kilograms
1: so I would put in 70 kilos and the same thing when it asks for your height Five foot eight. Under the current update with with Siri, it doesn't like to do feet and inches, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm five foot eight, so that would be sixty eight inches. Hey Siri, convert sixty eight inches into centimeters. Sixty eight inches is one hundred seventy two point seven two centimeters. So I'd be one seventy three centimeter. Now this is the important part. Be sure to turn on the two switches, Tofi. Show when locked, mm-hmm. and share during emergency call. So show when locked means that when I pick up your iPhone and I find you unconscious and I tap to unlock it, it doesn't know my face or passcode, and it'll show emergency at the top, so I can call 911. It'll also show medical ID with the serpent snake down in the bottom left, and I can tap on that. And so I can see your blood type. I can see what medications you're on. I can see if you have epilepsy, heart condition, anything that I would need to pass on.
0: Super convenient, super helpful for emergency yes. services and
1: but now the next switch, share during emergency call.
0: Right. If you call emergency emergency services, iPhone can share your medical ID.
1: Yes. It's phenomenal. And so if I'm calling emergency services on your behalf mm-hmm. using your phone, they then get all the medical information. That goes electronically, it's tapped into the system, it's on the screen of the paramedics in their ambulance as they're coming to help you.
0: It's relative to the call you're making with the emergency services. That's fantastic.
1: And when you put in your emergency contact info, Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to use your phone to make any calls except for 911 and your emergency contact info. Now, I could pick up my phone and call Brian's wife, but Mm -hmm. she might not recognize... Well, she probably would, but (laughs) if it was South stranger, Mm -hmm. they might not recognize the number and might not answer it. Oh, sure. But if I'm using Brian's phone to call Juna, oh, yeah. she's going to answer it. That's of another course. aspect I didn't think of, yeah. And yeah. so by tapping that extra switch, show when locked and share during an emergency call. And, and the reason you want to put more than one person in, because that first person might be busy and can't take the call right now. Or
2: with you in yeah. a dangerous situation, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. So again, this is all God forbid stuff, mm-hmm. but I literally have several clients that are still with us. One who's probably listening this morning, you know who you are. Because this, because you did this. So don't just do it, please, for yourself. Please take people that you love and do it on their phones with them.
4: Mm, and tell yeah. them that you're
1: making them the emergency contact info. By the way, that's a really valuable one. And no, I don't have an option for Android. There's one more of those little features that make the difference between okay. iPhones and Androids. Unless Toffee knows. Otherwise, we'll give him a check. I, th- I know check. there's an
2: emergency contact because we talked about it when you can lose your phone. Yeah. So you can at least do that much. But I don't know about the medication and everything. Yeah.
1: This is when I love being wrong. Brian was <laughs> curious about Android, so he went and checked. And Brian? Yeah. They have
2: the very similar emergency SOS settings.
1: It's a whole new setting in settings. It's called it- safety and emergency. Yes. And so you go in there and then you add medical info, you add emergency contacts. Yay, that's too important. That's that's really
2: important. There's also a, um, a, mer- a safety app. Might be only pre installed on the Google
1: ones. Anyway, yeah. take, so a, there, take a look so again, It's settings. available on Android. Safety and emergency, mm-hmm. and add that info. I'm putting that in the show notes right now. By the way, it's, uh, we'll run out of time, but RCMP here in BC are asking us to turn off the emergency SOS feature on our smartphones because so many people are accidentally triggering it by, m- by holding onto the phone tightly and pressing the button four or five times by accident, oh, and then they're having to send an officer. Oh, no. So more details. We'll talk about that more next week. Got to get out of here. Going to leave you with uh, Jared Halley, our friend that takes songs you know and does them a cappella. In this case, he's doing a Bee Gees medley, all with his voice. Lovely. So enjoy that. Tofi, great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Again, if you've got any questions, especially about smartphones or smartwatches, find Tofi's contact info in the show notes. Give him a text. He'll be glad to help you out. There we go. Brian, thanks for being here, as always. Thank you. Podcast coming up. We'll talk to you next weekend. <laughs> It's
4: okay, it you man. may look the other way You can just to understand The New York towns affect our man Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother You're staying alive, staying alive In the city breaking and everybody shaking And we're staying alive, staying alive, staying alive.
1: Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. And so it goes.